listening to The Big Album Show with Paul Dillon and Dan O'Neill. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of The Big Album Show with me, Paul Dillon. And me, Dan O'Neill. You're very welcome back to the show. How are you doing, Dan? Ah, getting on grand, you know, I'm, I'm sure... You know, it's 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 strange times for for everyone, but uh, I'm getting on not too bad. How are you getting on? Dan, I'm getting on very, very well. Let me tell you what I have been up to over the last couple of weeks. I have been listening to the Sinead O'Connor album. <laughs> I do not want what I haven't got from 1991. It's not quite a big anniversary big album show um, because it's 31 years of age. We're making an exception for this podcast uh, because if you can't make an exception for Sinead O'Connor, who can you make an exception for? I've been listening to that a lot. And other than that, I have been living my COVID best life. How about you? Yeah, pretty much the same as that. <laughs> listening to the album, really enjoying it. But just people might be wondering how we're recording this, if we're meant to be socially distancing and all mm. that kind of oh, thing. Yes. We're not um, break- no, no, no rules were, were broken in the recording <laughs> of this podcast. No, we're, well, I'm in Limerick and Paul's in Dublin. So yes. uh, there's a large distance, a bit further than three meters uh, between us. So uh, all is good. Um, but what did you think of the album? You know, Dan, I do not want what I haven't got. It, it is 31 years, uh, it's 31 years old. Uh, it is just, oh, it's the same age as me almost. Um, it is a, it, I have to be honest with you, I found it a very emotional experience listening to the album. I didn't quite expect that to happen. It is incredibly deep and incredibly serious and very spiritual at times. Um, and, you know, I, I, I found it, I, I to be honest with you, it, it's, a, it's a real journey into um the heart of a, an amazing artist i think yeah i think with Sinead o'connor what you see is what you get and Sinead is someone who isn't afraid to show her emotion both through interviews and in public but also through her art because yeah. she touches on some really really serious themes in the album and the thing about Sinead's voice for me is that you know, when Sinead is singing, you can tell she's visiting the emotion she's singing about. It's real. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it there's absolutely no doubt that for, she's a showstopper, isn't she really? You know, and I, I got to thinking when I was listening to the album of the different times in my life when I have listened to Sinead O'Connor. Uh, and, you know, she's the kind of artist, if you're, if you're in a shop, you know, and you're, looking at the newspapers or you're, you're, you're looking at the deli counter and you, you hear Sinead O'Connor, you, you stop, you know, she has that quality. And, and for me, it's all about that voice, you know, and it's a kind of a haunting voice, Dan, you know, it really, it, it, it really just, it really can hold you when you're listening to it, you know. It's amazing. It goes from kind of this fragile, haunting voice to sometimes this kind of angry voice and everything in between. And you can really, like Sinead O'Connor for me is, of Ireland I I think Ireland is the only place Sinead O'Connor could have spawned from because there's just so much of uh, our culture good and bad wrapped up in her voice and in the way she approaches music I mean we'll get into the songs in a bit more detail later but you know track two she gets a 17th century Irish poem and puts it over James Brown's funky drummer I mean Mm. only Sinead O'Connor could do that you're listening to the big album show with paul and dan please remember to subscribe hit like 
And remember to follow us on our social media platforms at The Big Album Show. One of the things about the album, okay, if we just if we if we look back at this, is is the context of the time. Then she had released the line of the Cobra, which is the first album, which of course contained Troy, which would later give her a whole new audience. Um, you know, more than thirty years later, um, but that album had had launched her, but it really was this album which made her into a global superstar. I mean, she was absolutely huge. I mean, the album got incredible reviews at the time. I think NME said named it the second best album of the year. Yeah, Critically, she swept up in the MTV Music Awards in 1990. Nothing Compares to You was the biggest hit that year. Um, like, it was number one in the US, number one in the UK. Uh, just complete, as you said earlier, show-stopping stuff. Yeah, and I mean, nothing compares to you, right? I mean, like, let's talk about it because, I mean, <laughs> we how could you not talk about nothing compares to you? Because it comes to mind anytime you think of Sinead, you got to think of nothing compares to you. I mean, can I just share this with you, Dan? I mean, I've seen Sinead O'Connor three times uh, in the flesh, okay? I saw her once supporting Damien Dempsey, where she just literally stole the show. She was kind of like a, a backing singer for him. It was one of those gigs uh, that Damo does in, in Vicker Street at Christmas. Goes back now this well over 10 years, I think. Um, she had done some collaboration with Damo. Uh, and I saw her live, just totally stole the show. I saw her then doing a uh, Witness gig. Uh, and who, who, who out there can remember Witness? Absolute <laughs> disaster. I mean, the best thing that can be said about Witness is that they stopped holding them. Um, yeah, I remember one year, I, just a little anecdote. I, I remember one year I went and it was incredibly muddy. And I have memories of Green Day playing. The whole mm. field just being covered in mud that smelled yeah. of manure. And people, <laughs> <laughs> people throwing the mud at each other. And I mean, there was queues outside the first aid tents with people who got mud in their eyes. It was crazy stuff. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it just wasn't cool. It wasn't nice. I mean, I'd been to Glastonbury several years before that. And I remember the contrast but anyway, the point I remember seeing Sinead O'Connor play that gig, and she did a, a a middle of the day gig in a tent, and um, I was just happened to pass by, and you know, you just the voice just came came from it, and you just you just heard it, and you just went in, and it just blew me away as a little show, you know, um, and she did all those songs, um, that people would be very familiar with because of course she's had. Sinead has had hit after hit after hit, and people forget that you know her career has been pretty solid um and she keeps she's kept she's produced so much good music since that uh since that album um but one of the things about uh, nothing compares to you dan is the pure emotion in the music it is incredible and the video that went along with it too just made it pure perfect like when she looks into the camera in that video, everyone is familiar with it. It's iconic. And she, she sings about the flowers in the garden yeah. going away. Um, it's, it's, it, it's powerful stuff. It's, it's an it incredible is. song. And it kicks the ass of the Prince version. It does. I mean, we say the Prince version, of course it was Prince's song, right? Mm. But I mean, come on. And of course Prince just never got near it. Did he? I mean, Sinead O'Connor, she nailed it. It's it's her version is the version. I mean, people occasionally try and, and do cover versions. You you can't equal it though, can you? Her version. 
I mean, it's hers. It's not just a version. It's hers. It's it's absolutely. There's just few people who can take other people's songs and make it their own. And I'll tell you a few examples, right? So Aretha Franklin takes yeah. the song Respect, makes it her own. Yeah. You have Whitney Houston who takes Dolly Parton's I Will Always Love You, yeah. makes it her own. And then Sinead O'Connor blows it out of the water here. Yeah. Do you know that Sinead, I was watching Sinead doing an interview with Pierce Morgan. And she actually was talking about the only time she ever met Prince. Have you heard about this story? She so basically what happened was it, it's it's an odd encounter. Mm. Um, so she was in LA, and uh, Prince apparently, according to Sinead, summoned her to his house because he wanted her to kind of be his protege. Mm. Um, so she gets to the house, and one thing leads to another. And to cut a long story short, the night ends with Prince chasing Sinead around a car, trying to punch her mm. while she's spitting back at Prince. And uh, <laughs> she eventually escapes Prince's uh, um, grasp and knocks on a doorbell and he runs off. But uh, not a very pleasant encounter by the sounds of it. I, I mean, uh, Sinead O'Connor, Dan, is, is, is an artist that has, you know she has done so many remarkable things over her life that it would require many, many podcasts to discuss the stories. But for me, Sinead O'Connor, I am just a huge fan of Sinead O'Connor and everything that she has done. I can remember so many of her appearances down through the years on TV, late, late show appearances. Um, and I did see her in, I mean, I, 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 I did see her once just in the flesh, not playing a gig. I was in a pub called Brooks Ells, you know Brooks Ells yeah, in, yeah, in, 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 in Dublin city centre, <laughs> um, and and there I was and drifting through it. Um, I wasn't using the bathroom though; I was actually going in in uh, but passing <laughs> passing through. And she was sitting at the bar. This is about uh, this is about ooh, ten or twelve years ago. She was just sitting at the bar eating this bowl of soup. You know that little small bowl of soup you get in a pub at Brookselds and the little one slice of McCambridge is on the side. Yeah. She was just sitting on the bar eating it with her eyes up at the TV. Mm. And the, the intensity of her stare at the TV was just so... She's a very, very charismatic presence, you know? Um, she's, and and it, it, by the sounds of it, Paul, she's always been kind of incredibly charismatic because... If you go back to when she started in the music business, she started at the early age of, believe it or not, 14. So she was singing at the wedding of a teacher and uh, the brother of the bride was in the band in Chuanua. And uh, basically she started jamming with them and singing. And uh, she really wanted to join the band, but they said no because she was too young uh, because, you know, if they're going on tour and that, they can't be bringing around a 14-year-old. But she wrote one of their really popular, well, the lyrics to one of their really popular early songs, Take My Hand. And at 14, to, to, to have that talent and, and ability is incredible. And a lot of, I know we're not talking about her first album, but a lot of the songs on her first album were actually written when she was quite young. Um, so just... A, a natural incredible talent yeah and uh, i mean she goes back goes back a long way and a lot of a lot of people have those kind of memories i think of Sinead. Uh, bono t- tells a story i mean can we talk about bono on our podcast hashtag bono uh, <laughs> uh yeah yeah here you know and uh but but bono paid a big tribute to her uh, he first heard her uh, when he was a teenager and she was maybe 15 or 16 and he had listened to a demo um, I think it was a song called Take My Hand. Um, mm. um, but again, he had that kind of experience, you know, he was just deeply moved. 
um, and then literally went to see her, at, see her at, do, do a show in Dublin. Um, and, you know, you just, Sinead O'Connor is just one of those artists who, whose music, you know, it, 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 when you when you hear it, it brings you back to the time you first heard it, you know? Mm. Um, it, it has that effect on you, Dan, doesn't it, Sinead O'Connor's music? Yeah, it certainly does. It is, it's, it's like almost spiritual or something. Yeah. Um, it, like some of the... The, the the songs on the album are like hymns, like part- particularly say uh, the the very last song that the 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 album's named after. Uh, it's an a cappella song, and she talks about uh, walking through the desert and all this kind of thing. It's it's a, a cryptic hymn, and th- that kind of spiritual vibe is inherent in her voice and features again and again in her lyrics. It's 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 magical. Totally, Dan, and I mean. You, you know, we are all about the music here on the big album show, so we will discuss some of the tracks in a moment. Um, and I think, you know, it's, it's worth l- noting for our listeners that Dan is the um, Dan is the, music, the, the, the musician of the uh, big album show couple that we have <laughs> going on here. For me, Dan, can I just give you my little couple of favourite tunes on the album, right? Yeah, go for so, it. So for me, Nothing Compressed to You is, is number one. Um, mm. for reasons that I've already outlined and will always be, uh, you know, just a, a really, a really special song um, in, in my book. I really, really like, um, I, I, to be honest, I really like nearly all of the tracks in this album. I, there isn't a bad track on it. Um, mm. I like, I like Feel So Different and Tree Babies. I, I put mm. them up as my, my top three. I Feel So Different, of course, kicks off the album. And one of the things about it is it, it just brings you in automatically to this kind of, the, the, the religio- there's just religiosity in the thing. Yeah. It starts with the, the, the lyrics, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. And that's the real kind of thing, you know, that we used to, if you go to the Gale Talk, you'd see it hanging up on the wall. I remember when I was at the Gale Talk, there was like a little, a little kind of picture, you know, one of those little stitch things where someone has stitched uh, the words of something. I remember it was like a white background and I think that the writing was pink and there was another little sign up, another little picture. And it was the one, you know, walking in the sand, you know, the footsteps mm. in the sand, you know, oh, um, and, and it, so it starts off with that, but it just sucks you in right away. I think, you know, yeah, it's incredible. Um, and you know that, that, that I, I was li- listening to that prayer and I was like, that's an interesting way to start an album. But it, <laughs> when, when I did a bit of research on it, it's called the serenity prayer. Right. And it's actually the prayer that's used in Alcoholics Anonymous, which kind of, you know, adds another layer of grittiness to the opening of the the, the album. Yeah, and I, I mean, I mean, I I kind of didn't look at it that way. I mean, for me, it's mm. it's got a, it's almost like a lullaby, um, mm. and that's you know you know it it there's not a lot of harshness in it for me. I mean, it's I, I found that a lovely soft way mm. uh, to to introduce the album. Um, Dan, Three Babies for me would have been my 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 third uh, third song, and I kind of found Three Babies again. I found it quite emotional and, and quite deep. I mean, the lyrics are are pretty heavy. Uh, mm. At one point, she sings, "In my soul, my blood, and my bones, I have wrapped your cold bodies around me. The the face on you, the smell of you, will always be with me." It, mm. It's quite deep stuff here we got going on. But there's again, there's this really nice melody on Three Babies. It's a it's it, it's leaning to the more pop side of the album. Um, yeah. And for me, you know, that's my little top three. Um, and yeah. I don't know, do you? Would you concur? Uh, no, I have slightly different ones, but the three babies to me is 
one of the most powerful songs on the album in terms of the emotion it evokes. Mm. Um, I mean, it as you say, it's quite heavy and there's various ways you can read into the uh, lyrics, all quite heavy. Um, but the actual kind of melody of it, it to me it sounds kind of like Clannad uh, or Enya with, with a bit of kind of yeah. Sinead O'Connor attitude added in. Um it, 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 definitely it's, big Enya vibes running right through this, Dan. Yeah, definitely. That, that song, <laughs> or maybe it's big Sinead O'Connor vibes running through Enya. Enya. Yeah, yeah, it could be. But you know the way she kind of uh, she's singing so softly in that song, right? And yeah. then she gets uh, uh, to lyrics like "No longer mad like a horse." And when she's singing those lyrics, it's almost like, yeah, and I mean this in a good way. This mm. kind of demon is bursting out of her. Um, it's it's I, I, it's profound the way she 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 changes her vocals to, as as the song progresses. It's 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 an incredible song. But look, my my three songs, uh, nothing compares to you. Has to be on there. It just it, it, is it number is it number one for you? It, uh, it would be yeah probably. It's gotta probably. be. It's gotta <laughs> be like it's one of those songs that I just never ever get bored of. Like yeah. there's some massive songs, and this was a massive song that although they're fantastically written, they're enjoyable. You don't necessarily want to hear them again and again. But no matter how many times I hear Sinead O'Connor sing "Nothing Compares to You," I always enjoy it. Yeah. But one of my probably my second favorite song on the album is a quite an, another quite heavy song. So it's uh, Black Boys on Mopeds. Mm. And, um, you know, musically, it's quite a simple song. So there's kind of three descending chords again and again. But the lyrics are Dylan-esque. They're, they're political. And she's talking, I think it's a particularly relevant song at the moment, given that Black Lives Matter is happening um, mm. And we 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 talk about things like a homelessness crisis and so mm. on. I don't want to get too political and dark, but I think you have to talk about the politics of a song like "Black Boys on Moped." So, um, it references yeah. it, it references various issues. So, one of them was the case of a guy called uh, Nicholas Bramble, who was a, a a black man who was chased by police um, on a moped in, in the UK in 1989 because they assumed that he had uh, stolen the moped. Of course, he hadn't stolen the moped, but he got so frightened when they were chasing him that he crashed the moped and uh, sadly passed away. And this was one of the stories, just one of the stories that mm. inspired Sinead to write the song. And then there's also uh, the case of a man called Colin Roach, who was uh, 21, and he was found dead in in the inter, in the entrance of a police station in the UK. Um, and prior to his death, there had been calls for investigations into police brutality at that particular station. Um, so there was loads of protests. And Sinead's album sleeve actually contains a picture of uh, Colin Roach's parents. So, you know, Sinead was was sending a very, very powerful message of solidarity in writing this song. And then not only does she draw solidarity with, you know, the, 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 the black community in the UK at the time, she also then talks about a woman in Smithfield holding three babies. The, the, the imagery throughout the song is very, very strong. Yeah, it's very poetic. Um, the... She starts that song with, with, with the, the first lyrics in it are 
Margaret Thatcher on TV, shocked by the deaths that took place in Beijing. It seems strange that she should be offended. The same orders are given by her. It, it brings up themes of you know political hypocrisy, and it, it is it, it it's a deeply sort of it's it's it, it, the way it's done. It's it's like a little it, it, she just throws it in there. There's a bravery in it or something. It's kind of hard to the it's it, you know the voice is so uh, it, it it you you listen don't you to the lyrics in that song. Well, one thing about Sinead O'Connor is, I, I have to say, is that she is absolutely, incredibly, incredibly brave um, mm. in, in every sense of the word, um, and, and especially through her music. Um, it's, 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 you, you believe every word she is saying when she's oh, singing yeah. that song. This, this, and she does. So- she, she means every word she's saying, I think. Yeah, there's something incredibly sincere about it, isn't there? I mean, mm. you, you know, Dan, I think... It's fair to say that we ha- are making a slight exception for this album because normally on the big album show, we reference the big birthdays of the big album. So your 10th, your 20th, your 30th. We did R.E.M. at a time, 30 years. Mm-hmm. This is a little offbeat because uh, Sinead O'Connor's album, I, I don't know what I haven't got, is 31 mm-hmm. years old. But I mean, if you can't make an exception for Sinead, who can you make an exception for? Yeah, absolutely. Because she is, because you know, she 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 is, she is exceptional. The, and, you know, she's. I I'm really excited because she's actually releasing a book this year. Um, mm. Rememberings, it's called. I think she's releasing it in June, and I'm sure she's going to have incredible stories to tell. Um, so that's something to watch out for. That that yeah, ab- absolutely. I mean, and that that'll definitely be coming on my bookshelf with the long-awaited Bono book as well. You gotta get Bono in here twice in the one podcast. Yeah, yeah, man. I won't have a bad word said about Bono on this podcast. <laughs> we will fight Twitter over Bono before the before the year is out for sure. Dan, one thing that I'd like to uh, discuss with you because I think it's worth talking about. Right? Mm. Do you remember? Because I can remember it very very well. Uh, October nineteen ninety two, uh, when Sinead O'Connor tore up the picture uh, of Pope uh, John Paul II during a performance on Saturday Night Live. I, I can remember at the time, Dan, and yeah. it was an enormous controversy. And it's, it was played out uh, for weeks, uh, months, years. Um, there was huge criticism of Sinead uh, in the aftermath of it. Um, in fact, I think she got booed off stage at a gig she did shortly afterwards. Mm. Um, she was, you know, playing a, a tribute show to Bob Dylan. She got booed off the stage. Yeah, I've there seen was the a footage ho- of that. It's 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 on YouTube if people want to watch it. It is frighteningly scary to yeah. see a crowd getting so uh, angry towards a young woman. And 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 she did it all um, as uh, she did it as a protest, right? Mm. Um, and you know she stood by she stood by it. I remember, and she said that you know she, it it, it was it was bringing up, uh, you know that Ireland needed to face some very difficult truths, tr- um, mm. and that of course. It, it you know to to quote Fidel Castro and if you you know if you can't quote Fidel Castro on your own <laughs> podcast you know you can forget about it. Do you even have a podcast? You know, <laughs> but remember uh, Fidel's thing: history uh, will absolve me. I mean, there's no doubt that history has absolved Sinead uh, on that action. Um, she definitely there was a the 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 response at the time um you, you know was was pretty was harrowing, but mm. I think history absolved her. And again, it kind of speaks to that utter bravery of Sinead and mm. um, you know I, I, Ireland needed Sinead O'Connor 
at that point in our history. Um, funny enough, in the last episode, we were talking about R.E.M. and they had that song, Losing My Religion. Mm. And Michael Stipe himself in an interview talked about how he believed that that song took up a very different meaning in Ireland compared to elsewhere around the world. Yeah. And, you know, Sinead O'Connor w- was hitting the world with this album at the same time. And I think, you know, art and music... um you know reflects the kind of zeitgeist and the and and the 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 change in society mm. at various times in history and for 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 the kind of where Ireland was at the time in terms of beginning to push against uh, frankly the theocracy we lived in um Sinead O'Connor was the perfect kind of reflection of the anger with, that was beginning to emerge and she played a very very important role uh, of a breaking in terms of breaking taboos and yeah. saying, well, actually, it's okay to say, I don't believe in this stuff. I don't, uh, you know, I see what's happening here, and um, and 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 I think her bravery has to be absolutely commended. And I think for for certain times over the last say since, since the album came out, I I do believe that at times Sinead O'Connor has been unfairly treated by, you know, people in perhaps the media, but in society in general, kind of. But for me, the more I read about Sinead, the more I learn about her, the more I listen to her music, the more I respect her as someone who's just absolutely fearless and wears her heart on her sleeve. Yeah, absolutely, Dan. I, I agree with all of that. And I mean, I think, you know, that that was then, that was 1992. Mm. The world is completely different now. I mean, the, the, the Pope, of course, is supposedly infallible. But I mean, you, you know, the, 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 the action was incredibly brave in 1992. Now, uh, it, it, it would look it would look different. Uh, mm. And and presumably it would it would shock far less. But at the time, it shocked a lot of people, and it had a had a particular effect. And um, I wonder, Dan, did it did it affect her career negatively? Um, and if so, then an injustice was done to Sinead, wasn't it? Yeah, I I think you'd have to say it probably did, um, because it was just so, you know, it was just it was just so rebellious that, um, like it was. It it was sh- it's hard to explain I think to people who may you know were, how how shocking it was to a lot of people at the time yeah like like the Catholic Church was incredibly powerful in this country but also around the world because yeah. these scandals were only beginning to emerge yeah. um so to go on TV and rip up a picture of the Pope was an incredibly shocking act. Yeah, a very very different uh, interaction, of course. It, 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 you know, uh, Dan, a very different, a very different time. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it, we're, 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 there was a funny depiction then a few years later, probably around nineteen ninety eight, in Father Ted. I don't know if you remember when uh, there was a parody of Sinead O'Connor. Um, so when a feminist musician called Neve Connolly uh, appears on Craggy Island. Do you remember that episode? Yes, and, yes. And so she appears <laughs> and Ted is off uh, doing the lovely girls competition. And in the meantime, Dougal gives her the parochial house. And uh, so so then Father Ted is trying to get the house back. But uh, she she does her best to kind of uh, radicalize Mrs. Doyle. But uh, 
it's it's a gas episode. I, I, I there's nothing. Again, you can talk about Bono. You can talk about Castro. You should also always talk about uh, Father Ted as well. I think a Father Ted reference always goes down well. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 Dad, to, to borrow uh, an expression from Sinead, not Prince. Nothing compares to Sinead, um, <laughs> and nothing quite compares to this album. Beautiful album, highly recommend it to people. Go and listen to it. You will go if you if you're not familiar, we you will love it. I don't want uh, what I haven't. I do not want what I haven't got from thirty one years uh, ago. Great album. Um, Dan, what do you think? Would you give it? Would you would you dare rate it out of ten? Oh my god! I think I'm gonna give it a very strong nine, and mm. I don't know why I'm docking one. I just think I think I might save like ten for something like Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band or mm. something. It, yeah, uh, I I just think not. Yeah, or for your own forthcoming album, you give yourself ten out of ten. <laughs> Yeah, what about you? Where would you I, rate it? I'd give it. I, I like. I got to concur with you. Gonna give it nine. No reason to take one off. Um, I'm going. We gave out a time eight. I think that Sinead O'Connor's. I do not want what I haven't got as a oh, step up from it. I, I'd agree. Uh, um, so you know, released 31 years ago, March 1990, 20th of March 1990. Um, go and listen to it if you if if you haven't. Can I can I say? And it, while you're telling people to listen to this, that I, I think the way they, they, since being involved in this podcast, I know this is only the second album we've done, yeah. But it's really changed kind of the way I've been listening to albums because remember when you were a bit younger and before Spotify and all of that kind of thing, you used to have to go out and actually purchase the album, yeah. And there was you put a bit bit more weight in 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 the kind of value of it because you had the CD, it was a new CD or or a vinyl or whatever, and you'd listen to it again and again, and you'd get to know all the tracks on yeah. the album. I found that I've I've started doing that again with the two albums we re- reviewed so far, and what I want to recommend to people is we when when we are uh, Look, listening to these albums um, ourselves to join in with us to look Absolutely. at this as almost like a kind of a book club Absolutely. or something, and actually listen to the albums. Yeah, what what album are we going to do in the next episode, Paul? Well, that brings us on to our next episode, um, and I concur, Dan. Let's build up the big album show community out there. Listen to the albums with us, um, and listen back to our pods. Out of time, we've covered out of time, and we've 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 done um, Sinead O'Connor as well, of course, and we are going next Dan to an album that I really really like, and I hope that others are going to like as well, uh, and that is from Ash Dan. That's our next album. Do you remember Ash? Free all angels. Free all angels was if you're kind of in our age group, Paul. Oh yes, that album, Free All Angels, I think was kind of like. The sound, to some extent, of kind of teenage life. Yes. You know? Yes. It's it, 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 it's just it reminds me when I think of it. I remember summers. I yes. remember kind of the the. It, for some reason, in my memories, the summers are always really hot and warm. Yeah. But, you know, given it's Ireland, it's probably not the case. Then hold that thought because <laughs> the next podcast will be on Ash Free All Angels, released 23rd of April 2001, almost 20 years ago. Please listen to that album with us. Um, and before we go, lads, do us all a favor to get onto the uh, iTunes, uh, the, the Apple podcast app and whatever, whatever app you use to listen to this podcast. 
give us a like, give us a review. Um, and please, please, please tell your mates about this podcast because we want to keep it going, but we want to get it out to as many people as possible. Um, and we so, need you guys out there to make yeah. it happen. So please remember to like us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. <laughs> tell us your memories. Tell us your ideas. We're here. We're up for it. Thank you to everybody who has supported us so far. Thank you to everybody for their comments. We even got emails. Thank you for suggesting albums. We really appreciate it. And, um, you know, let's build the big album show. Uh, if they, it, what's that? They, what's, remember, Dan, what they said? If they build it, build it and they will come. Yeah, they will come. Yeah, yeah. Thanks very much to everybody for listening. Slan. You're listening to The Big Album Show with Paul Dillon and Dan O'Neill.